welcome back to the Netkip podcast again. Um, today we have Daryl DK. Uh, obviously, I'm sure many of you guys know him. Plays on West Brom. Uh, played at Virginia for for many years. Uh, you know, Generation Adidas player coming out of college. Um, Daryl, thank you for being on this. Uh, you yeah, know, thank you. it is New Year's Day when we're recording this, so I appreciate you doing that. <laughs> um, <laughs> no worries. Yeah, so th thanks for being here. Yeah, no worries. Good to be on here. Good to start the year right, you know. <laughs> yeah. Good point. Good point. Um, so mm -hmm. we'll just we'll hop right into it. Um, so you have you have a little bit of like a unique, uh, unique you know growing up story because you're from Oklahoma. So I'm not gonna lie, I don't know anyone from Oklahoma. So you're you're the, you're, you're the first person I've actually met from Oklahoma. Um, and you know I'm kind of curious what what was that like? So like not even like from the soccer side, but just like what mm -hmm. was it like growing growing up, you know in in a rural place like that i'm pretty sure that's tornado alley correct me if i'm wrong so like yeah, yeah what, you know what, what was that like nah bro like growing up in oklahoma was kind of sick because i think i think one thing is obviously it's not like the new yorks it's not like the floridas and stuff like that where people always got things to do but i think that's like the fun part about oklahoma so like growing up you just find random things to do whether it be like go do like a bonfire in the woods or like some people had four wheelers like there were yeah. lakes and stuff like that that we'd always go to so like you'd always find like random stuff to go to like go do which is cool and then like in terms of just being in Oklahoma like it's a good place like it's sick I think everyone's super friendly obviously like has everything you need and stuff like that cheaper as well so it was good and it's also like pretty central so you could you, you could easily go to Texas Kansas you know many places around so I think growing up there yeah I enjoyed it I didn't mind it obviously I'd like to see how it turned out like if I went if I lived somewhere else but like, yeah yeah I don't mind Oklahoma yeah no dude that that's honestly like that's pretty sick I'm not gonna lie I, I, I have family in like Houston that's like the closest I think I've been to Oklahoma um it's not really not that close yeah. in all honesty but um yeah it's like yeah it's around there so but dude that's sick where were you were you, were you near tulsa that's in oklahoma right no nah, tulsa so i'm from edmond which is like okay oklahoma, like by oklahoma city tulsa's like okay like an hour and a half like it's like more like northeast okay all right yeah actually but, well technically i was in i didn't play but i we played fc tulsa in 2021 um so i was in oklahoma hmm. very briefly um yeah, but that was only a couple of days. There you go. <laughs> no, honestly, there's not really that many reasons. Unless you like live there, I wouldn't expect you to have been there. Yeah. For like, I don't know what else. I don't know what you could be going there for. Yeah. Storm chasing, hunting a tornado. <laughs> yeah. To try to sh uh, shift gears in terms of uh, soccer, how was it? How was it growing up? How how was the soccer scene in in, in the South? Because correct me if I'm wrong, the soccer scene is not very big. In, in states like Oklahoma and, and unless you go to like Dallas I feel like I haven't really heard of too many players coming out of there um yeah so can you talk a little bit about how you got into soccer I know you, your brother played or or t tell us how you got into it, how you found that as a passion yeah of course I mean like my family's like always been big into soccer so like my parents obviously big into soccer as you said my brother played sister played have cousins who played so, like, we've all kind of been, like, super soccer fans. And, like, as you said, you know, in Oklahoma, soccer is just not the main sport. Obviously, you know, football is a big thing. Basketball, baseball, like, a whole bunch of other things are, like, the more bigger sports. So, for for me, like, what happened as Oklahoma, you grow up and you there's also, like, not really academy. 
So like I both of you guys, like what you played for Columbus Crew, Randy, yeah. didn't you play for what? You played for you played for NYCFC. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You played for New York City. So like you guys both came from like DAs, like academies. In Oklahoma, there's not really that, you know? Like, yeah, the closest yeah. thing you'd have to be is like FC Dallas or like Sporting Kansas. So like you'd have to like literally completely move, which my parents were just not ready to do. My yeah. parents were like, You're not doing that because they were also like super focused on school. So like for me. Like, I just went and I would play, like, year up and, like, you know, recreational, played high school ball, like, did, like, ODP. So, basically, I was just playing as much as possible, usually, like, years up or something like that to kind of, you know, keep keep pushing myself and keep competing. But, like, yeah, that was, like, kind of the main scene. Obviously, I'd go on different tournaments, you know, go to Dallas a lot, play in Dallas, Kansas, you know, different showcases here and there. Mm-hmm. nationals regionals blah 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 so like that's kind of like how i kind of grew up on it and i think it's a good it's a good level for me and i think obviously like some people will go and look at look at it like oh you didn't play like da like how can you kind of make it like not playing da and stuff like that because you guys always have like your you know big tournaments and stuff like that which is like obviously i'm not even gonna lie to you as a person who wasn't in da i would sit there and i'd be looking wow like i want to be like them you know what i mean yeah like i want to be play- you, you want to be playing for the academies because like it almost makes you feel like you're more of a professional when you're doing that. Like you're yeah. almost thinking, oh, is it going to be possible for me if I like, if I'm just playing rec like this? But like, no, for me, I mean, I think, I don't know. I still had like all the opportunities. I think, you know, luckily I was blessed with people around me that were always kind of pushing me and, you know, coaching me well and stuff like that. So I think uh, that was kind of like one of the main things like growing up that kind of kept driving, kept driving, kept driving myself. And then also having a close role model like my brother, seeing someone who was exactly in my shoes, you know, be able to be successful. It kind of showed me that like, oh, like it doesn't matter. Like you can still be successful. It's just along a different path. Yeah. In terms of you talked about MLS academies a little bit. Did you I'm just curious. Did you ever get offered to like move out to like like a Seattle? Like because they, they started at least especially because you're a grade older than me. So my junior year in high school, they started moving kids out, like the national team kids or like really special kids from like rural. Yeah, we we had a, we had a kid come that yeah. got moved out from like I think it was like Southern Virginia or something like that. Yeah, it's not just that random far. places that are good. They're the players that are good from like random places. Did you ever get offered yeah. to like go play for an academy like that? Yeah, hundred percent. So like literally like every academy that was like near me, like my mom has been on the phone with like Houston Dynamo Academy, FC Dallas. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Stuff like that so like those three are the main ones but like my mom was like nah because I, I, I correct me if i'm wrong but like her thing is like when you get put in those academies you mm-hmm. may not be put in like the greatest like schooling programs because oh, yeah, like, she's totally right she's like, totally right <laughs> more yeah. or less like they're like yeah you're caring about soccer like soccer is your duty or whatever like we'll just put you in school to say we kind of put you in school and like my mom was like nah we're not allowing that so yeah, that's kind of like we, we, we had a thing, like in New York, I mean, just partly because it's in New York, um, we actually couldn't afford to like house and keep players. So if like players were to come from out of state or like pretty far away, um, they would either have to find their own housing or stay with someone else like on the team. Um, and uh, I remember we went to, uh, they, they're not there anymore. It was like Casa Grande, I think, but that's where like Real Salt Lake was like before they moved up to Seattle. Um and I just remember like going into the classroom because I, I was we were we were playing a game there and we were like touring it. And dude, they had like we're we're in high school at this point. They have like times tables written up on the walls. Like, like nothing against them, but it's like like I'm like 
like, I'm like, all right, they're still doing like basic multiplication. And look, I might have been in like an elementary school room and like, you know, nothing against RSL because they're, they're, you know, great team and great academy. But I was kind of just like, nah, there, there's no way this is possible. <laughs> I was almost Marble. jealous to a certain, like I like school and I, I, I still do, but I was like, I was like, you know, the, the fact that they're doing like the most basic shit and just playing all day seems so cool to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Like, honestly, like, that's one thing that's like kind of great for my parents is because like me, like I'm sitting there, they're sitting there telling me like, yeah, like you won't really do school and stuff like that. I'm sitting there like, hell yeah. Like, what's the, yeah, like, what's yeah, the problem yeah, yeah. here? Like, <laughs> like you're, telling me I get, you're telling me I get to play footy all day and I don't have to go to school. This sounds great. And then like, you actually like kind of like deep it, you know, you think about it, like obviously me a little bit older now, I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, okay, thank God, like maybe like I didn't do that, you know, it's yeah. like obviously, you know, having the schooling I did help me get into a top school at like, like UVA and then, you know, get a degree and everything, so. Yeah. Um, okay, so just, just hopping back in again. Uh, so talk to us a little bit, you know, you mentioned high school. Um, uh, so yeah, just talk us through a little bit like what your your high school career was, and then a little bit what like you know the the college recruitment process was. Um, you know, I I think you have a very unique story with that, just because like like for me and Phil, like dude, we would go to showcases and and there would be like coaches there. I don't know, I don't know if you had like showcases where, where there coaches, but um, like I remember for like high schools up in the Northeast, there were no college coaches there. So uh, you know, I'm, I'm wonder what that was like, dude. Yeah, for me, like, I think in high school, so I played high school ball, and, like, in all honesty, I don't think majority of the time, other than, like, local Oklahoma schools, I don't think majority of the time you're getting, like, as noticed in those. I think it was more, like, when I was playing with the club, and so, like, when we go to these big showcases or when we would go and play, like, uh, I'm trying to think, like, regionals or nationals or something like that, like, I think that's when you would kind of get noticed, you know? Okay. And so, like, so, me, wait, sorry. Like, so you did you did play for a club too? It was it wasn't just it wasn't just high yeah, school? Yeah, I didn't just okay. play high school. Like I played Got high it. school because I know in the diff it's different because like in the northeast you guys have like those like prep schools almost or whatever, and like that's like your is that is that kind of how it is? Like, it you will... know how, like like how Cabrell went to Deerfield, like kind of similar. Yeah, to that. yeah. yeah. Those like, boarding schools are wild. like fifty percent of the UVA population is boarding school students. Nah, I think the crazy thing about those is that like, bro, you're paying fifty eight thousand dollars a year. Like yeah, that you're basically in crazy. Before. You're basically in college before you actually. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> no, we, we were we actually we weren't allowed to play high school. That was the most frustrating thing, probably because like really? I don't know if you played high school for a little bit, Phil. I I wasn't allowed yeah, to. I didn't. In fact, we had a kid on our team who like played for. He was from Yonkers, which is like just north of New York City. And dude, he showed up. He's a center back, and he's he played one game and scored six goals. And the the Yonkers like daily paper published an article about him the next day and our coach found out and he was suspended for two months so, dude we could, this is this is kwaku philip so this like we we couldn't do anything dude <laughs> yeah yeah um, high school soccer is honestly like so much fun as well because it's just so much more yeah. relaxed like yeah. it's like with your like don't be wrong your boys with like your guys who you're playing but like high school is like some of these dudes that you've been you're growing, in school like, with them yeah bro yeah. since since you were like six bro you guys have been growing up together and the next thing you know you're playing footy together it's nuts <laughs> yeah i played high school soccer my freshman and sophomore year in high school um yeah. before because i didn't play for academy until i was a junior so yeah definitely high school soccer is definitely fun but yeah, went to like showcases and stuff like that. And I remember I have to like go and email a whole bunch of like 
I go to the website and like see like which coaches or like which schools we're going to be at like the showcases that I was at and then you'd email them or whatever and be like oh I'd love to go to your school like this blah blah, blah. this is my GPA this is my ACT like blah blah blah, blah. um so yeah there was that that was that kind of experience and because of like my like brother there was like a big there's a big like connection to Notre Dame so like every I think every school like there were even schools that like basically taught, said that like they weren't even gonna try to recruit me because I thought I was gonna 100% go to Notre Dame mm-hmm. and like I remember like my last schools were like SMU like Notre Dame UNC and like UVA didn't even come till like a little bit later actually and I remember I was just sitting there and I was like, man, like I had no idea where to go. And it was also like weird because like you're sitting there like almost trying to like sell yourself to like coaches when they talk to you. But like they're also trying to sell their school to you. So it's like I remember I remember that was like the first experience of anything like that. And it was just weird. I mean, obviously you guys went through it as well, I imagine, but like so weird. <laughs> and um, yeah. I remember like Terry Boss was there. I remember I met like all the guys in the squad. I saw the campus and I was like, whoa. And like yeah, even just like how like how like tight everybody is on the squad, I was like, yeah, I want to go here. Yeah, I remember yeah. like I remember I went there, like watched the game. It was like it's a sick game as well. Like went into overtime, like it was like two, it was like two two. I think they were playing Syracuse or something like that. Kofi hit a screamer, like it was nuts. It was like it was a crazy game. It was like an ACC home over as well. It was like, it was a great game to go to. So like they won that game and just seeing everything like following around because I was with Justin Ingram and Adon, and I remember walking around with them. It was just like I was like, wow, yeah. Like this place is the place to be, and I remember I uh, I called him. So I, I called I called him like Terry Boss, and I was like, "Oh, like I'd like to commit or whatever." And then I remember I committed, and then like two weeks later, Terry Boss left UVA to go co- to go oh, visit, like, yeah. to go to Oregon State, right? And so like yeah. I guess like a whole bunch of coaches I guess took that as a cue to like, oh, he might not be going there anymore. So like Louisville, like Clemson, like other coaches like came and like started reaching out again. They're like, oh, you're still going to go there. (laughs) And like like, Terry Boss, and like Terry Boss like called me and he was like, hey, like I know I'm leaving, but like I'm telling you like UVA is the place for you to go. Like you need to go to UVA still, like blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, like, yeah, don't worry. Like I'm still going to go to UVA. And he was like, (laughs) he's like he was like okay like good like blah 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 and i ended up committing to uva and like it was it was sick honestly don't regret it at all yeah so you're you're in charlottesville for like a, about a year and a half and obviously we had that historic uh 2019 run uh where we went all the way to the national championship um can you talk us a little bit about the transition from one having a great season having kind of like having a breakout season your sophomore year, your second year in, in college, and then getting drafted fifth overall and going GA. How, how Can you explain a little bit how you felt and what the situation was? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think, uh, like, throughout the first year to the second year, like, we kept a lot of players. So, like, my second year, we knew we were going to be, like, a sick team, you know? We knew, like, well, obviously, we had sick freshmen. Like, we'd heard about you, like, Andreas and Axel, like, all the people. Like, we were like, oh, like, we're about to have a sick squad. So, like, obviously, we went that entire year almost having, like, the best college year, like, the best collegiate year by, like, any soccer team ever. And I remember, like, going throughout the year, and everything was just kind of clicking with our team. You know, like, we weren't conceding. We were scoring goals. Like, everything was going our way even myself like I can feel myself like improving 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 because like I think as you keep winning not only do you just naturally get better but like your confidence gets better and like when yeah, your confidence yeah, yeah. is high 
think it is so much easier to get better. So like that year, like I think I have improved so much, like from my first to my second year, like going throughout that year. Also because we had you know sick players on the team who are just naturally going to push you better, good coaching staff, and everybody was going to push you to get better. But yeah, and then obviously, unfortunately, at the end of the year, we ended up losing him. We ended up losing him pens. Um, I remember me, like when I went to UVA, my whole thought was like, I'm going to go to UVA all four years. Like I'm hundred percent going to go to all, all four years, get my degree and stuff like that. And then, um, I remember George like had kind of hinted to me like, Oh, like they might offer you like a generation Adidas or whatever. Like, would you be interested? And I was like, Oh no, like I wouldn't blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. I was like, I was like, nah, like I basically told him no. And then, cause they like went after, still sent me like an offer, like for my GA. And I was in Nigeria, like at the time. And I like told my parents about it. My parents were like, nah, like you're not signing a GA. Like you're not doing it. So like we declined it, right? Then they come back with like another offer. And I'm like, hold up. <laughs> and I tell my was parents, it, better? Like, it was better than that. It was like a little bit better. But like after me, like also kind of thinking about it, I was like, wait, maybe it's like not that bad of an idea. Like, I could obviously become, like, a professional much sooner, still training and stuff like that and doing, you know, what I want to do. And, like, it might be easier since I'm, like, at a younger age to be able to, like, you know, play, you know, get into that professional environment earlier, right? Yeah. So after that point, I was in Nigeria. My parents were like, no, it's not happening, right? So I went, and, like, one day, there was one day where I, like, sat down with my uncle, and I was like, hey, like, uh, I kind of, like, have this idea or whatever. And, like, I basically explained to him, like, the whole process. And he was like, nah, like you have to find a way to do school. But like, luckily, because GA, there's like a way that they will pay yeah. for your schooling or whatever. So I, ba- so he basically was like, okay, listen, you have to go and promise to your parents. He's like, I can try and vouch for you if you just say that you'll get your degree while you're playing. And I was like, yeah, like I can do that. Like blah, blah, blah. So I remember there's one day, like I'm sitting there like sweating, bro. Like sweating. Cause like they're all, it's like, a, it's like a little council, like in the living room. My parents are sitting there and I'm like walking down like literally like I'm about to present my case and I'd sit there and like explain to them like why it's a good idea that like I could do like you know schooling still this and that blah blah and then like my dad's like no 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 and then like my uncle like who's my dad's brother like chimed in and basically was like no it's actually like not a bad idea like this 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 and this like if my uncle was there I wouldn't I I promise you I would not have signed NGA like he was the one who he was the one who 100% was like hey like like it's actually not a bad idea he kind of like let my parents be like yeah like it's actually not that bad of an idea oh okay that's great. yeah literally that and after that i remember the thing like one thing that like a lot of people don't actually know is that like they took away my ga so like because i said no and then like took too long the second time to kind of like give them an answer back because like the draft was in like what five days or like six days or something like that yeah so like it retracted my like they like retracted my offer and stuff like that and then like later like we were sitting i was sitting there and i was like well and i reached out to like aleko eskandari and basically was like no like i want to like i actually like made up my mind i want to accept the ga and stuff like that blah blah blah. so like i guess they like basically brought it back and stuff like that and then yeah ended up going uh ended up signing i ended up like signing like the ga papers and stuff like that getting an agent then went home literally went home from nigeria the next day was the draft got drafted um fifth to orlando city yeah i remember literally like all the espn people were like at my house and stuff like that and then literally 
after you get drafted on the phone with like Oscar Pereja, who is the manager at the time, I mean, he still is the manager. And then literally you're talking to him, blah, blah, blah. He's like, when can you go? And I'm sitting there like shitting myself, like, uh, like somebody like super like excited. And he's like, oh, I'm like, oh yeah, like as soon as possible, blah, blah. And he was like, oh, like, yeah, don't worry. Like we'll have everything sorted. He like hands the phone over to some other lady. She like starts talking to him. She's like, okay, so like your flight's booked tomorrow. And I'm like, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting there like, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. What do you mean my flight's booked tomorrow? So yeah, like literally like got drafted. Next day I was flying to Orlando. Like literally had literally had to like pack like that day. And I was flying That's off insane. to Orlando. Bro, Dude. nuts. After like coming home from Nigeria. And then, like, the next day was the draft. And then the next day I was flying out to Orlando, which is, like, so crazy because, like, in the matter of, like, six days, like, everything that, like, I knew was going to be, like, you know, for the next year, like, planned for the next year, which just changed. <laughs> yeah, just completely different. Yeah, because it was weird because we didn't know. From my perspective, we were, like, we thought you were staying. Like, I, didn't, I had no idea you were leaving. I mean, I knew it was a possibility. Like, you know, I was probably going to get GA. Like, Henry got GA already. Joe declined it or something. We we're like Daryl's most likely gonna go, and then it just happened out of nowhere. You get drafted and then you're gone. I was like, "Geez, it happened so yeah. quick." Yeah, it was crazy. Honestly, <laughs> it was great. It happened quick for me as well, bro. <laughs> yeah, that's that's insane. Um, so yeah, so obviously you're you're in Orlando, um, and then you have this weird rookie year where obviously COVID hits. So um, you're in Orlando, and then. I'm pretty sure the MLS back tournament's also in Orlando, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, and so you know, you 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 make your your debut in the in the MLS's back tournament. Um, talk to us what it was like playing in that bubble, and also just like what that whole you know debut feeling was like. Ah, uh, bro, the whole bubble was sick. Honestly, like at the beginning, you're sitting there thinking, because me, I'm just excited because it's something. It's just a new environment in general for me, even though like obviously the circumstances are much different than like what i probably was expecting but in the bubble like obviously like each team has their floors each team has this you're not able to like you know have uh you know people over do this and you know, like go out of the bubble or anything like that you have like certain times you can go anywhere you have that mask everywhere yeah. it was super strict and stuff like that but overall like it was sick bro like it was so much fun like you're given it was there for like 50 days or like 55 days the thing that did suck sometimes is that you're sitting there thinking like man i could be sleeping in my bed because like i literally lived like 10 minutes from where we were staying yeah <laughs> not yeah. even not far at all and i remember at the time even like i was sitting there and i was like i was like the fifth choice striker or something like that at that point like i was like the yeah. fifth choice striker like dom dwyer hurt his knee tesco tesco tesher like hurt his hamstring Santi, I don't, Santi, like, Santi was still there. Benji started playing on the wing, and then, like, there was me. And I remember, like, that game, like, he, the, I remember, like, the fitness coach came up to me, and he was like, hey, like, make sure you're ready. Like, you might get, like, because I wasn't even rostered for, like, the first, like, three games or something like that. Like, I wasn't even on the squad. And then I remember he was like, make sure you're ready. Like, you might get into this game. And I was like, wait, whoa, 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 what? <laughs> I was like, wait, what? And then, yeah, I ended up subbing on. It was against, it was against Montreal, I believe. Yeah, Montreal. Um, and yeah, played Montreal, played like the last, like, I don't know how, like, how long, like 15 minutes or something like that. Sick environment. It was sick, obviously. Not very many fans, but like there were still tons of people there, like hundred cameras and stuff like that. But it was sick. And like, obviously the guys in the squad, everyone was super happy for me because they realized, they knew it was like my first experience. They knew like, I was also like someone who like, even though I was fifth, like I was always someone who was like going to like work 
I was always working, doing tons of things. So like, I think that's like my my thing was that I was always I was always like working, and they kind of saw that. So like, they were very happy to kind of see it, see me go, and be able to play, you know, be on the pitch and stuff like that. Because they always saw me like, you know, busting my ass to basically be on the pitch. Yeah, I remember watching that tournament, and I was, and we were like kind of confused because I think we were back at school already so we were watching the games like me Cabral and Jeremy we were watching the games and we're borderline getting irritated we're getting irritated we're like are they caught those dudes on now or what <laughs> they kind of waited kind of long to put you in the game up like in one of these games we're like is this dude gonna play or what what are they doing so yeah that's that um yeah it's good to hear that was <laughs> that was a definitely interesting time and I think you left um at a the perfect time you know, if you would have stayed another year at UVA, it would have been. I think it would have been completely different. So, yeah, yeah it was different. It was COVID year after that as well. COVID year was just. It was just a mess, man. It was a yeah. mess. Dead, dead. Daryl, you did what you did mention um, is like extra work and like the amount of work you put in. Um, uh, this is something that, like, you know, that guys who've been on the podcast and you know other guys who are like resident mentors at in netcake that they talk about all the time um so it's kind of like a two-part question but like what was some of the extra work that you did like was it like you know picking up balls cones whatever um and then you know how like how did that kind of extra work and that how did that like shape your mentality um and how did that you know help you become obviously the player you are um yeah yeah, for me, like, my main things was, I, I was just doing, first of all, I was doing everything. I was making sure, like, my weight, because, like, I'm, people see me, like, I'm a bigger guy, right? Yeah. I think that was kind of, like, one of the time in transition where I was like, okay, let's see if I can lean up a little bit. Fitness coach at Orlando was also, like, very intense about that stuff. So, like, one, it was just, like, learning, like, better eating habits was one thing. So, like, I'd eat, I'd eat. And even, like, for training, for me, because I was, like, one of the younger guys, like, I still have to, like, you know, maybe help some of the kid men, like, pick up some of the balls, do some of the stuff, do some of the extra stuff, you know. I was one of the younger guys, one of the new guys, so, like, you just kind of want to earn your brownie points wherever you can. And then, like, also, like, I wasn't training all the time. Like, they'd be playing, like, 11 v 11, and I would have to be on the side, like, dribbling through cones, like, shooting on the third goalkeeper and stuff like that. So, like, I would, after training, like, I would be sitting there, I'd ask the second I'd ask like the assistant coach, like, can we do more? So, you know, he would always work with me on tactics. I would have like extra individual, um, I'd have extra individual like video sessions, like little trainings, like the team would like go and, you know, let's say it was a day off or something like that, like me and then like maybe two of the other guys who weren't playing. And the assistant coach, like when we were in the bubble would like go to the, go to the pitch and we'd go train. And I would always be pestering him and stuff like that. Cause like for me, and he even told me this as well. And it kind of stuck with me. He was like, you will get your chance. He was like, I promise you. He was like, I see your potential and stuff like that. He was like, there's all, only so much I can do. Like, obviously he's the assistant coach. He has to say, but like at the end of the day, it's the manager, you know, it's the head coach who has like the final say. And he was like, just keep grinding, keep grinding. Cause you will get your chance. And like, you just have to make sure that when you get your chance, you're ready for it, you know? And so like, for yeah. me, that's kind of how I've always kind of been shaped up. And like, I think that's kind of stuck with me throughout, not even just that throughout my entire career that like, I'm always going to get chances. Like, I think everybody will always get their chance. You just have to make sure that, like, you train and prepare yourself that when you get that chance, you can take it. You know what yeah. I mean? And I think yeah. that's kind of the main thing that that whole, like, that whole period, especially, we're like, because it's different, bro. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, 
my entire life I've kind of always been playing. <laughs> I've, I'm always like, I'm not gonna say like I'm a superstar because I'm definitely not, but like I'm always like, I've always been someone who's playing. So like when I got there, I was like, whoa, like, yeah, I'm playing. Like I'm not even training. Like what's going yeah, on? Yeah. Here, you know? yeah. <laughs> and so like that was kind of one thing where I was like, okay, like, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna own up and I'm gonna be the best. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go and win. I'm gonna go and, you know, I'm, I'm gonna be the best player on the pitch. I don't care how old I am. I don't care how long you've been playing. Like, I'm gonna go and be the best on the pitch. Given obviously I had older guys who were, you know, in my ear, you know, to helping me out and stuff like that as well. But, you know, at the end of the day, everybody wants to play and someone's not gonna play, someone's going to play. So that's kind of how I was. I was kind of always pushing myself to be that person who was gonna play. Yeah. Yeah. So to say the least, you did, you definitely took your moment um, after. Like shortly after making your debut, you've got August Player of the Month in 2020. Um, so I think that's right after the bubble. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was right after the bubble. Um, so so you got August Player of the Month 2020. You talked about some of the older guys that were in your ear. Can you talk about guy, the impact that guys like Manny and, and Dom Dwyer um, or just any other players that had an impact on you uh, early in your career, um, what that was like? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Like, I mean, the three guys who I think were like the main guys was, you know, Tesho. Tesho was a big piece. And I think his piece was more mentally. Like, I think Tesho is like a very like calming person because he. I'm someone who plays with a lot of passion, a lot of, you know, a lot of emotion and stuff like that. So when things aren't going my way, I think a lot of times people can see that like they're not going my way. And he was someone who like, you know, would kind of more like the calming side, more like the, okay, like calm down you know, think slower, stuff like that. Like, it's going to be okay. You're going to go to the next one. You know, you have that positive kind of mindset. I think Dom, Dom Dwyer, he was someone who kind of taught me a little bit of the movements. Like, he was someone who helped me a lot in movements because I think that's something that he's done very well in his career is, like, he's yeah. very, he's very good at, like, finding space. And so, like, that was kind of his thing. And then also, like, he calls me a teddy bear because, like, I'm big, but, like, I guess he wanted me to be more of a prick on the pitch. <laughs> I'm like, nah. So I, it, that's kind of his thing. He was like, bro, you're big. You shouldn't be going out there and, you know, kicking the shit out of people. Like, you know what I mean? So, like, I think that kind of – he kind of gave me the mentality to be a little bit meaner on the pitch. And, of course, like, Naughty is – he's naughty. Like, dude's won Champions Leagues, you know, played in Euros, played World Cups, like, done everything, played with Ronaldo, played – done everything there is. So, like, him, just everything. Just eating – training after like bro i was like his little i was like his little like shadow bro everything he did i was doing <laughs> I'm telling you, he's, he's doing a finishing drill i'm like all right bet. let me hop in you mean don't get me wrong dude could finish way better than i could yeah. <laughs> but like and i'm like all right bet. like let me do this let me hop in bro just doing like his little dribbling and stuff like that shooting technique everything eating i would look at some of the meals he had and be like yeah here let me eat some of, let me eat some of this there whatever blah, blah blah you know like and even how he like handled himself recovered like his mentality and stuff like that, like having a player like that, when you're that, when you're, you know, new to professional, like the professional environment is so, it was so incredible for me because I was able to kind of get that, you know, firsthand. He was able to tell me like, listen, you, should, you need to do this. This is like things that it takes to be at the top. And so like, if you want to take my advice and take it, and, you know, for me, I was obviously all ears. Yeah. yeah, Dude, that's, that's pretty incredible to, to hear. Um, transitioning over to England, England side of the side of your career. So you 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 go on loan to Barnsley, um, and you're playing in the championship. Um, and I just want to say that like your your 2020 Orlando career it picks up steam really quickly. So you know like like we said before, you know you become player of the month. Um, but then I'm pretty sure like January February 21, you're you're on loan 
um, to Barnsley and you're playing in the championship. Um, so first thing I say is like, what, what is it like living in England? Um, I mean, like you, you went from like, you went from Oklahoma to Virginia to Orlando to England and all like about year and year and a half increments, which is a shit ton of travel and, yeah. and um, a lot of movement. So I'm just curious, you know, what, what's it like living there? And then obviously what's it like playing there? Yeah, living here, like, one thing is cold. <laughs> so, like, living, like, bro, like, living in Orlando, like, it was, I honestly got so blessed. The weather there is phenomenal, you know? Like, it's warm all year round. Like, it's great. And then I remember, like, I went to Barnsley, and, like, my flight was literally delayed because it was snowing. And I was like, ah. So, like, eh. <laughs> I was like, ah. So, like, that's how it's going to go. Bro, I think I wore, like, I think I wore snood like like literally I think I wore snood like every single training session or something like that it was cold but overall living in here like I don't mind it like I actually enjoy it a lot I love like the football culture here like it's sick that everyone's like a super fan everyone has their own teams and stuff like that they live their life by it like I love that so much and then also on top of that like everyone here is friendly I think I think genuinely like people are like really really friendly they're all like you know pretty talkative for the most part and stuff like that but I, I enjoy it. I love, I honestly love living here. Obviously the language barrier, like there's no language barrier. So yeah. it's more here for me versus if I were to live in I don't know, like Germany or something like that, where I don't obviously understand German, but no, it's pretty easy. And I think people are always so like, they're always questioning of, you know, America. And then in terms of like the playing side, I mean, it's, 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 it's different. So playing in the championship, I think it's a, uh, it's a little bit faster in the MLS for sure. And then on top of that, like wave, it's very physical. Like I think each yeah. game, like, each game you're getting oh my goodness you're i'm hitting you're hitting like you know 11k 11k worth of total distance or something like that your body's you know beaten because you know there's these center backs who just love to hit people like i swear their job is just to go out there and kick the shit out of you for fucking 90 minutes but um even then like some of the pitches like pitches are like sometimes you'll play at a pitch sick like carpet and then you'll go and play at a different pitch and it's you know mud dirt you know like not dirt like a very muddy, like, you know, wet pitch and stuff like that. So it's different. I think it's, I enjoy it. I love it so much. Cause I mean, I think for me, it's just a different challenge for me. And I'm, especially at Barnsley, you know, learning it, everything and stuff like that. And even now I'm still learning it, but no, I, I enjoy it. I, I love it so much, bro. Yeah, dude, it's, it's, it's like, what's, what's, um, what's Barnsley? Like where, where, where is it? Uh, I, I don't know the geography very well. Yeah, so like Barnsley's like north. It's like north. It's like northern England, like northeastern. Okay. It's like east of like Manchester and stuff like that. So like Birmingham's like more central. Like it's considered the West Midlands. So yeah. it's like in between London and Manchester. And then uh, where where's West Brom? West Brom's in Birmingham. Oh, it's in Birmingham. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Got it. Um, Are you good with the accents and stuff? Can you tell the difference now? No, uh, like sometimes, like I can listen to someone and stuff like that. And- tell like where like they're from like i feel like when you're the further north you go up like people talk like they're like yeah. <laughs> i think i can obviously tell like i think most people can tell like a scouse accent like a person from liverpool yeah. uh, london accent like yeah you can kind of tell but yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm starting to pick up on it but still yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. so so you you finished up your loan in barnsley and and, and that went well um talk about going so you went back to orlando for a little bit right mm-hmm. and then after that then you go to west brom because it was kind of 
it was kind of like speculative of like are you going to get signed and stuff because you did well and and do they have enough money or they're asking for too much money it was like it was just a a big it was a it was a big deal so we ended up going to West Brom at the beginning of uh last year now 2022 in January um how was that experience it's your second time in the championship um you're actually bought by a club so it's not just alone does it feel like you're like not on a trial now does it feel like you're actually part more part of the team talk us a little bit about that yeah for sure I mean for me obviously coming up like I think from a you know from a younger age like we always watch the Premier League and stuff like that and you know that West Brom's you know a team that you know goes in and out of the Premier League a lot so you're hearing that you're like oh shit like I could be playing for a club like that and so like for me like that move you know it's a big step for me in my career and it's not and I know something like one of my goals is I want to play in the Premier League and I knew that you know playing here is something that like you know can help me get to that level help me help me get to you know playing in the Premier League and I think luckily I you know I got here and you know was welcomed immediately by the guys I think you know great city as well Birmingham's great city fans are super welcoming and everything so I mean it was a great experience for me the only thing is you know I'm sure as you know I you know came here and got injured and so that that period was you know it's a very difficult period for sure and you know because I think I think that was that was probably like one of the more harder times throughout like my career ever you know throughout my life ever and stuff like that in terms of you know you go from you know you want to play all the time and stuff like that and for me I got injured more or less before I could even show anybody or what I could do or show myself what I could do you know and so I think that's kind of moralizing because I always was sitting there trying to work super hard to be able to you know be at the top put myself in the best condition so it just kind of felt like a big setback and then obviously I'm coming back and then the injury you know kind of like doesn't get better so I sit there even longer and then the one that really kind of like hurt the most is when, you know, we played throughout the entire year, obviously gotten different managers and stuff like that. The manager that got me got sacked. So, you know, everything is just kind of in a big whirlwind. Then I come back next season, well, this season, beginning of the season, get injured again. And I think that's the, that was the one that I really was like, wow, like, what do I do? Like, you know, what can I do? You know, because after that point, I was sitting there and I was like, I've tried to, you know, find, you know, eat right, stretch, do this, do that, you know, I don't, literally everything, you know, and then like, I still get injured. I was like, I don't know what to do. And I think that's kind of the thing is I was lost. Like I literally like, literally to the point where like, you know, a little bit deep, but like questioning faith, like literally, like I kid you not, like everything was coming to mind. I was, what do I do? Like, I have no idea where to go, like what to do. Um, but, you know, for me, it was just kind of like speaking with my brother, speaking with, you know, friends, everyone that like, it happens like it's just part of the sport I'm lucky that you know people just get injured you know and for me now obviously it made me love the sport even more because you don't realize like how much you enjoy playing until you can't (laughs) until you just cannot play so you know now for me like I just I just like love playing I remember itching 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 telling myself like I will be back you know I'm gonna be playing and I'm gonna be flying when I come back and you know, for me, like, luckily now, you know, obviously knock on wood, like, you know, I'm playing again and, you know, that's, that's all you want to do because at the end of the day, you know, obviously you can play bad, you can play good, but at the end of the day, you just want to be able to play, <laughs> yeah. you know, but no, I'm happy. I'm happy for sure. Like, obviously I'm happy. I'm super happy. 
obviously people can look at it from the outside and be like, oh, I know he's miserable. I know this, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, it was another step in my life. And I'm I'm so happy for what it, you know, what it brought me and stuff like that. And throughout the injuries, let alone on the pitch, but off the pitch, you know, many things I learned about myself. Because I think you have a lot of time to reflect and think on things when you're injured. And, you know, I had that time. So, you know, you come to learn about your body, learn about yourself mentally and, you know, just learn a lot about life. And I think that's something that will carry on throughout my career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, um, it's great to hear, Joe. And all honestly, like this is it's perfect because this is a great transition into like some of like, the mental and like adversity questions. Um, so, you know, you talked about obviously being injured at West Brom um, and you talked about, you know, like the, the mental side of it a little bit. Um what other you know adversities have you faced in your career and then i'd also say like how how did you deal with them mentally um so you know you mentioned this is you know backtracking but like coming in after playing every single game with virginia and then you know not starting at orlando um and then you know having to work yourself back in at west brom um yeah, you know, and in and, and all honesty, all great players, really everyone, it doesn't matter what profession you're in, they're going to face some sort of obstacle in adversity. So, um, yeah, just talk us through what it was like managing those, adver- uh, you know, those adversities and, you know, how that improved your mindset. Yeah, for me, I think, I think, I think the my the main reason, the main thing that kind of helped me always get through adversity, whether it be, you know, when I was young and not playing for a DA, not getting called into the, you know, national team camps, when I was, you know, at Orlando, maybe not getting a sniff when I was obviously got injured is I knew what the end goal was. And I knew that at the end of the day, I want to, I told myself, I want to play in a Champions League. I want to play in a World Cup and I want to play in Premier League. Those have been like my three goals that I have always had. And I think looking at the end goal, I mean, everyone obviously wants their, wants their trajectory to just go like this, but it doesn't go like that. You know, it goes like up, down, and sometimes it'll go really down, goes back up and stuff like that. I think for me, it was always looking at the end goal. It's like, okay, this is just one of those steps back. How can you, you know, rebound? Because I think that's my one one thing that I actually learned this from the national team as well. Like Team USA, when I was with them, is yes and. So like for me, it's kind of how I've always thought about you know everything in life. But anytime I have adversity, is yes, you accept it, you accept what happened, and then and is what do you do next? Like, what do you do next? What can be the next move? Because I think for me, especially with these injuries, I could have sat there and dwelled on it and sat there and been like, oh, goodness, woe is me. Like, what do I do? Like, blah, blah, which I did. I, I'm not going to lie to you. I did for a little bit. Like, well, no, sorry for myself. I was sad for myself. But then again, I, you know, looked back after and was thinking like, okay, what can I do now? What can be, what can I do to prevent this from happening? What can I do to put myself in the best position to reach that end goal? Because I knew at the end of the day, even though these steps were taking me down, the goal was still there. No matter what, the goal was still there. And I knew that I would have to do things to overcome these steps, to make going down these steps, to turn it to going up these steps, to go towards that goal. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the main thing for me in terms of adversity is remembering my end goal mm-hmm. that all, at all costs. Yeah. So there's a great way of approaching it in all honesty. Uh, that's like something, personally, I, I haven't even like thought about it like that. Like I broke my hand. And dude, I was just like, this was, I mean, this was 2018, but like, I was just so, uh, like, so oriented on like something so, so short term in retrospect, like, you know, my recovery time was four or five, five months. And, you know, I was just in this utter state of depression. And, you know, at the end of it, 
I just realized I was like, you know, yes, it was like a five, six month increment, but you know, I'm back to playing again. Everything's yeah. normal. So, um, that's, that's, that's honestly great advice. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, to move on to like a, a little bit of a more different topic. Do you get, do you get jitters before games? Do you have any like pregame rituals or like, or anything, anything like that? Nah, I mean, like in terms of jitters, like I don't really, I'm not honestly someone who doesn't really get that like nervous. I, I really don't know why, but I don't really get that nervous. I think I used to a little bit more when I played, but even in terms of that, like rituals, like I pray before. So I have like a little rosary in my, like in my toiletry bag that I just keep that I pray. Not, I don't pray the rosary, but I pray like with it before the game. And then ever since I started playing, even when I was at UVA, I have like a little like bracelet that like when I left college, like my friends back home made me and I literally always tape it to my wrist. It's funny because like some people like if you can like if you like can look at like my wrist and some of like pictures, like yeah. you can literally see the bracelet like under it. It's like that's kind of something like I always tape my tape my like to my wrist. I literally couldn't tell you the last time I played without it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's kind of that's kind of the things kind of relaxes me, calms me down. Yeah, so. Daryl, you um before you 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 talked about like with with Nani, like copying his eating habits and like having what he was having. Um, so just talk to us a little bit about like the nutrition side of things. So like, how has your diet changed from like let's say high school to college to the professional level? Um, mm -hmm. Are you strict about your diet? Uh, like, what are you eating before game day? Um, yeah, that just that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think uh, when I was younger, I would just eat anything, bro. Like, I have a candy problem. I love candy. Like, I, I love candy. So, like, when I was before, like, in, like, high school and stuff like that, or even, like, my first year at UVA, I'd eat candy so much. Even, I don't know, I don't know if you, Phil, I'm sure you know about this. Like, before yeah. we, every single game, we had, like, it was, like, me, like, it was, like, me, Spencer, JJ, Tyler, Cabrera, like, all of us would go and, like, we'd have cold stuff before a game. Like yeah. literally every yeah. game, it was like a it was like a ritual. It's like a tradition thing. The one game we didn't was against Pitt, and we lost. And then we were yeah. like, yeah. And that was our only other than the national championship. That was the only time we lost. Um, but yeah, for me, honestly, I think you. I think I learned some stuff because for me, I, I'm a bigger guy. So like my thing was like always, I want to lose weight. I want to lose weight. I want to lose weight. So at Orlando, like there was a time where I was losing weight, but I was just starving myself which is just not good. Like as like an athlete, like we burn so many calories. We do so many things like our boss, our bodies need fuel. So like, I think that was one thing is I thought I was just like, Oh, I need to starve myself or whatever. And I'll lose weight and then I'll feel better, which is just not true. And I think on top of that, like I went like cutting out sugar. Like I didn't eat any sugar. I didn't eat anything. I didn't eat any sweets, no cake, no this, no that, blah, blah, blah. Like my food was boring, bro. Like I was eating, which you don't need to do this to like, be healthy but like i was eating like white rice broccoli and chicken like every meal like some salmon or something like that bro yeah. like my but my, my meals were dead and then like i remember like talking to like nutritionists and they were like listen like honestly if you just like you can you you are more than free to like eat whatever you want like like not like obviously not, like not unhealthy but like most things like we are burning so many calories in terms of like we are burning so many calories a day that like in terms of like as long as you make sure you get like a, a general like you know protein intake you know vegetables carbs and stuff like that before games before you know heavy loading because 
obviously like you know you play a game you have to eat more carbs so you have to you have to eat more carbs you have to replenish your energy you have to also like prepare yourself for the next game yeah but for me that was like one thing that i kind of learned in my thing was one i'm a big body so i have to eat a lot of protein they were sitting there that was one thing they were like you're supposed to i'm supposed to eating be eating like 200 grams of protein a day which is absurd <laughs> so yeah. like, I have to, like protein shakes i do a whole bunch of things that i do now but that was like one thing is like you don't have to starve yourself and i think that's kind of honestly backwards which is something that yeah. kind of injury kind of taught me a little bit mm -hmm. is that like i always thought like oh i would need to like be lighter it'll be easier you know i'm carrying more weight that's why i'm getting injured blah blah but like my thing is like i that i found out is one like obviously hydrating is one thing that's humongous that people just throw out the window but like one thing I, I found out was like I just need to eat more. Like I, I honestly just didn't wasn't eating as eating nearly as much because like I would always watch Nani. Nani would eat like you, bro. I've never seen someone eat so much. He really <laughs> eats like a giant plate of pasta, like tons of chicken stuff like that, and he like has like no weird shit. Like the best body I've ever seen. Like I remember yeah. seeing. I remember looking at him and being like, bro, this dude, this dude's fucking sculpted, ridiculous. <laughs> I was like, how is he sculpted or whatever? Like, even I would still see him, like, eat, like, you know, like a cookie or, like, a cupcake or something like that. But I think the thing is, like, he made sure he was fueling his body and he was eating, like, healthy about 90% of the time. If you're yeah. eating healthy 90% of the time, it's okay. Having a cookie, having a cupcake, having this or whatever, blah, blah, blah it's not going to kill you. It's not going to hurt. If anything, you're, you're, your body will enjoy it because it'll feel like it'll make eating these other, you know, healthy foods a lot easier for you, knowing that you can have you know that 10 percent. if you want to go have like a cheat meal with your friends or something like that it makes it so much easier for you so like that was my thing is i just learned that i didn't need to be as like about like my eating when i you know when i sat down you know thought about it and stuff like that talked to nutritionists yeah uh kind of on like the the physical um well-being side of things sleep is obviously very important as a player um yeah. so what are your sleeping habits like do you, you know, like you know are you like you, do you go to bed early do you do like you wake up early um yeah what's what's your sleeping habits like yeah i think my sleeping habits honestly they've gotten so much better i think before i the thing that's hard about here is the time difference so everybody i want to talk to is awake when i'm going to sleep you know so like let's say it's like 12 or something like that or 11 or whatever it's like what, five or six over there like in the states and everybody i want to talk to is awake and like when I first came here, that was also a problem of mine is like I would stay up just like doing bullshit on my phone, especially like TikTok, the abyss of TikTok, bro. I would be on TikTok for hours upon end, like before I would go to bed. And but no, now TikTok's like dangerous. Bro, it's so dangerous. But like now, like I try to make sure I get like about like eight hours of sleep. So like we train at like train at like 9 30 every single morning. So I'll like obviously make sure that like I'm I, live, I only live like 15 20 minutes away from training so i literally make sure i'm like in bed at like 11 like no later than like 11 or something like that so i try and get like a good eight hours of sleep and stuff like that and me personally like just getting more sleep it you just feel so it feels so different you feel like so much more so much less lethargic when you're playing like when you're going about your day like before i would always need to take naps after training i couldn't tell you the last time i actually took a nap mm -hmm. and so like no, it's actually so, it's so helpful. Like, I think that's like, those are things that like I neglected at first. It was like hydration was one thing, but like now I'd like almost, almost always drinking like a bottle of water at some point. But like hydration and sleep are like just two things that like you just need. <laughs> yeah.
So just some of the questions from from the guys in the in the platform. Um, this is from Murrow. Uh, he's a goalkeeper, and he asked, uh, "What is your relationship like with goalkeepers?" I think most. I mean, Randall, you're actually like one of the more sane goalkeepers I know. As we were, as we were talking about it before, like Pedro Gallese, he's like a maniac, but like yeah. he's hilarious, so funny. I think most goalkeepers like pretty good friends with. Because I think, correct me if I'm wrong, right? But like, I think most goalkeepers have to be very like talkative and outgoing because there's a lot of time that you spend like by yourself like doing like that and so like for me personally like i'm a talkative person as it is so i I just naturally get along to like like with goalkeepers and then also like when i'm done after training like those are guys like i like to shoot on like obviously but naturally we just end up getting along and stuff like that i like to like have friendly competition like talk shit to them whenever (laughs) but like yeah naturally like i'm honestly like usually pretty good friends with goalkeepers on teams like even like one of my like better friends when i was at uva my roommate was tyler willen he was like one of our goalkeepers so yeah yeah, naturally like yeah he's pretty pretty good relationship with most goalkeepers honestly yeah it's a very like symbiotic relationship like i mean like phil phil was my best friend from virginia and you know forward as well it was like one of those things and you're right like dude like with nycfc like uh i I was in like number four you know last year might be number four this three this year but dude like after training we're just spending you know 45 50 minutes Uh, it's honestly sometimes even longer um and it's just like we have a lot of brazilians and south americans bro and they just like pelt you with balls all day long (laughs) but but then like over time your relationship actually like like they don't really speak great English, but like you start talking to them, and then he starts chatting the shit, and the next thing you know, like yeah, you're yeah. fucking sitting next to them having like lunch. So it's like it's really weird yeah. how that works. Um, but that's cool to see. Um, this is also from Moreau. Uh, what's one small thing that's helped you throughout your career? Um, this could be anything. Um, I think if anything, it's like it's gonna sound weird, but like outside of football like the things that have helped me the most is like taking my mind off of football mm-hmm. which is something that, like I think a lot of people forget to do they just want to play football 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 but like for me like having that like disconnect whether it be like eating with friends playing xbox like anything like those were like the main things that honestly was like helped me disconnect from you know playing football and like honestly going mentally insane was having my friends having my friends around stuff like that because it just makes you it, you're still human you're not a robot you're not just built for soccer 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 24 7 you know yeah and then um this is from matt on the platform and it's like he asked uh and you, you did you did cover this a little bit um but what was a tr- what was your transition like uh from mls to e- epl yeah transition was i mean it was hard it was hard at first because you had to immediately learn that like things were going to be faster uh things are like a little bit more direct and stuff like that and you know a lot more physical but I think I was kind of suited for it I think that makes sense and I had people around me that were also you know very easy you know to you know pick up to learn off of so that was kind of me it was difficult at first as anything is when you change but after a little bit I think I got I got pretty used to it you know Mm -hmm. um and then also from Matt uh, he asked how did you manage to score 70 goals in a high school season and he says, in parentheses, he goes, that was crazy. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, our team was also sick. We won, like, the state championship. 
And then, yeah, I don't know. I just scored. <laughs> I just scored some goals. I don't, I honestly don't know. Like, it's still honestly baffled me as well. Like, when I look back at it and I'm sitting there, like, 70 goals. Like, 70s dude, wild. that's like, that's like Messi 20, 2013 in Barca, bro. Like, fucking yeah, 91 my, goals in like 60 like, something honestly, games. Like, if they had bound doors for high school soccer, I honestly would have gotten one. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. Goals. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, you feel the one to just wrap us up? Yeah, so at NetKick, our, our trademark kind of slogan is soccer is mental. Um, so my question to you is, since soccer is mental, uh, what are the best two pieces of advice that you could give a young aspiring pro soccer player? All right. Um, one advice, number one, is remember the end goal. That's what I said earlier. I think uh, always remember the end goal. And I think no matter what, at whatever, what, you know, obstacle comes your way, they're you know, that finish line is still there. And I, it may take you longer, it may take you shorter, maybe harder, maybe easier, but that obstacle, that finish line is still there. And I think the other one is remember to have fun. I think sometimes, uh, like it's people, it's very cliche, but a lot of people, you know, they want to think, you know, work, 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 do this, do this, do this. But I think genuinely when you're happier with what you're doing, you generally like, you know, produce better results you play better you enjoy it more while you're doing it which will make you play better and it'll make you want to work harder if you just you know relax and enjoy what you're doing mm-hmm. so yeah those are my those are my main two yeah dude that's 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 great advice um well daryl uh thank you for doing this man appreciate you having yeah, here thank you, thank you. Uh, yeah, sure. yeah uh, you know this has been great uh good luck tomorrow yeah. <laughs> thank you go, go, go score try, some bangers yeah. dude Thank you for watching or listening to the NetKick podcast. If you'd like your questions to be answered by Daryl or other big name pros, head to netkick.net and join our community. Thanks.